My name is Alec, and I'm an exec in CSA's Member Relations Department, and also one of the producers bringing you Season 2 of CSA Talks. After the success of last season, the podcast team wanted to bring you a revamp series this year with fresh new faces and brand new topics ranging from heartbreak, advice to our younger selves, and some more serious conversations on Asian representation in today's media. As one of the oldest and largest social clubs at Western, dating back all the way to 1960, the aim of this podcast is to provide a platform for you to get to know the CSA exec team a little bit better, while also sharing some of our personal stories and experiences that we hope you'll also resonate with. Since the majority of our episodes are recorded in person this season, I got to witness firsthand the dedication and fun we all had in putting together this series. I'm so excited to be able to share that journey with you all. With that, I'll pass it off to our amazing co-hosts, Zoe, Carrie, and Rena will be taking over in the next few episodes to truly give you the highlights and lowlights of our CSA experience. Okay, hello and welcome to the first episode of this season's CSA Talks. So this episode has a pretty cool name. It's called Heartbreak Anniversary, like the song and also like the anniversary of some of our heartbreaks. Um, I'm Zoe. I'm one of the CR directors on CSA this year. I was actually able to be part of the podcast last year, so I'm super excited to be hosting again. And today I'm actually joined by some lovely ladies in marketing, so it feels like I'm the infiltrator here. Um, but before I pass on like the mic to them to introduce themselves, my kind of like tagline for this episode is going to be Zoe thinks with her heart instead of her head, McCullough. Moving on. Hi, my name is Tamara, the one who can't find a tall king, Quan, and I'm in first year and I'm in marketing. My name is Carol. Um, I guess my tagline would be previously had commitment issues, but now major simp. Um, I'm also in marketing. <laughs> I'm in second year. Hey, my name is Caitlin. The bar keeps getting lower. Shoe. I'm in marketing and I'm also in second year. Okay, thank you ladies for, first of all, the intros. Um, I guess kind of like talking a bit on the trajectory of how this episode is going to go, um, like as in its name, like we're obviously going to be talking about heartbreak and that's something that I think everyone goes through at some point in their lives. And it's definitely really common in high school and like the early years of university, which is like where our experience lies and like where your experience probably lies too. Hopefully you can resonate. Um, but what we really want to draw light on in this episode is that, yes, like when you think heartbreak, you think in the context of like relationships and breakups, but it's also possible to like go through similar feelings in like so-called situationships, which I feel like are getting more and more popular nowadays, or even in like platonic relationships and kind of like everything in between those realms. So with that being said, let's kind of hop right into our discussion and to start things off instead of like, 
you know, unpacking our heartbreak right away. Um, let's first of all talk about how we kind of like view different types of like situationships and like labeling and like relationships and everything like that. I personally feel like relationship labels are kind of bullshit sometimes because people Snaps. people use it to like justify their emotions when in reality, like no matter what you're feeling, like no matter what the label is, like, what you are feeling is valid. And that's what I think. Like, yeah. even if the guy's like, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend or, like, whatever. Like, like, you might still have feels for him and that's okay. Like, you can still be in a relationship in that sense. Yeah, I think, like, um, I guess from my experience, everything kind of, like, leading up to kind of that question, oh, do you want to be, like, my girlfriend? Do you want to be my boyfriend? Um, everything, like, leading up to that, People say it's like, oh, it's just like the talking stage, like you guys aren't like necessarily committed and stuff like that. But I think like um, kind of just like from my experiences, I think there's definitely like what Carol said, um, the relationship leading up to that question is still very valid and like your emotions are valid during that time. Yeah. Mm hmm. Or honestly, like, even if that question never gets asked, like, I feel like, what are, like, timelines nowadays? Like, what is the talking phase? When did that start to become a thing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wait, like, before me and my girlfriend got together, I think we had, like, that talking stage, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for, like, a month and a half. Because, like... Mm, like I said at the beginning, I kind of had commitment issues. In the <laughs> and I was like, I'm not ready yet. Like, I'm not ready to label things. Even though, like, literally You're every single day, everything. it was yeah. just a relationship. Yeah. It was we like, that no, I know, but like, I think relationship labels are so intimidating at first. Yeah. But like, what matters more, I think, in the moment is like how you feel about them and like mm-hmm. how you guys are reciprocating that kind of like energy with each other. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. Because I think something else that I don't know if you guys do, but definitely that I've done in the past and I feel like I've seen people doing is if something like didn't last a super long time or you never labeled it, then you really like invalidate your own emotions. And you're like, no, no, like, I don't need to be sad. They were never official. (laughs) No, I did the time like, I'm like, did it really happen? Like, I was like, "Mm, just gaslight yourself. (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty sure we all, we've all done that. No, I do the same thing too, Zoe. Like, if it doesn't last, like, a super long time, or if it was just, like, I would say, like, less than a month, I would have been like, um, what are you talking about? (laughs) But another thing is, I think, like, why you get, like, so upset, even if, like, things are not working out and it was so, like, short, like, the period of time you guys were together, I think what the biggest part of your heartbreak is from is, like, the idea... It's, like, yeah, the of someone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That you, no, like, no. built up in your head, like, oh, my mm. God, like, this is our future. This is, like, what's gonna happen. And, like, this literally does not exist with the person that you're, like, thinking of. You just, like, project so yeah. many expectations of, like, being in a relationship with that person. And, like, that's, like, the biggest letdown, I think. Um, You guys know that Lana Del Rey song that's, like, hope is a dangerous thing for a girl like me? Mm-hmm. I deeply resonate with that song. That's all I can say. That was my breakup album. <laughs> <laughs> that was my breakup album. I listened to that on repeat. That's actually, like, a really good point you brought up is, like, having a breakup album. Because I feel like there's such, like, a huge array of, like, different coping mechanisms for, like, breakups or heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Like, music is definitely a huge one for me. Um, I'm guessing for yourself as well. Yeah, I I listened to, like, that album because, like, it defined that era for me. Like, I can't (laughs) listen to it at all anymore. Like, none of the songs, mm mm-mm, I'm over it. (laughs) And, like, I also journaled a lot, which I think helped, like, not only, like, the breakup 
part, but, like, also finding out, like, more about myself Mm -hmm. and, like, that that phase after you break up where you, like, grow so much as a person and also learn about, like, yourself and, like, relationships. Mm -hmm. Hot take. Okay, this is my, Caitlin's hot take, but I was, like, I think it's really, I think every person needs at least, like, two, like, traumatic breakups in their life just for character development. Oh, no, you learn so much. (laughs) You learn so much. You learn so much, but also... (laughs) It's, like, good for the plot. It's good for the plot. It's good for the plot. Like, I know. Every time I say this to my friends, I'm like, no, I think, like, it's necessary for character development. They're like, they they made the face that Tamara made at me. She's like, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I have, like, a couple friends going through it. And then I'm like, I think it's necessary. Like, I think this makes you a better person. They look at me like, but, like, yeah, no. Zoe's right. Like, it, you learn so much. Like, you said it, too. Like, after a breakup, you hit, like, a really low point. But you grow so much from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. I just, I just said it's necessary. I wouldn't say necessary, <laughs> or I, I wouldn't try to preach that it's no, necessary. No, don't seek it out. Like, Seeking out toxic breakups. I would never tell you to seek it out. <laughs> development. But I'm just saying, like, in every like awful breakup, you come out like a changed you, woman. Changed woman. Changed person. Changed woman. Yeah. No, that's something they say, right? Um, that's this is also a song title. This entire this entire <laughs> episode is defined by song titles, but they're like, "What doesn't kill you makes, makes you stronger." stronger. <laughs> I don't think that was in reference to. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's actually true. Um, on like Carol, on you journaling though, that's something like I also do, and I didn't think it was a common thing, but I guess it's like somewhat common. No, mm-hmm. I did that too. I think after like. One of my breakups, like, I would say my most traumatic breakup, that's when I started writing. I would write down, like, every single day because it does, like, help you sort of, like, verbalize what you're feeling. Because right now, like, you just broke it up. You feel all these emotions. It's so overwhelming. I'm, like, just crying all the time. Like, writing it down forces you to be, like, why am I upset? Like, what am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I feel like writing things out made me, like, rationalize a lot of my emotions. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, your emotions are valid. I'm like, mmm. Bestie, sometimes my emotions are not valid. I'm literally like, I'm like, oh my god, like, why did you do this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I think about it, I'm like, no, she literally was just, like, eating her lunch and didn't text me back for, like, 20 minutes. Like, I need to, like, chill out sometimes. <laughs> and so I feel like, like, maybe, like, my emotions get ahead of me in a lot of moments where, like, maybe, like, I'm in, like, a low point, like, after a breakup or something like that. And so, like, writing it out, I'm like, okay, like, objectively, am I doing like the right thing here or like am I acting like irrational like am I just caught in the heat of the moment and I need like clarity from the situation so I think like writing it out lets me like reflect myself because like talking to people and getting their input sometimes make me feel like makes me feel more confused yeah so like writing out myself you're pulled like a thousand different directions or like which direction do I actually want to go into I feel like everything we're talking about like really relates to obviously the realm of breakups but also to like a lot of general life like coping strategies too like I know like writing is something like I do just like to deal with life in general um and also like your note on kind of like figuring out how to be like more logical in like a very emotional like scenario that's definitely something that's like really difficult I feel for a lot of people outside the scope of breakups I feel like I'm also a very heated person like if something happens to me I'll feel it very strongly and I have to take, I know this like from personal experience, I have to take a few days to just really think it out. Like why am I upset? Why does this bother me so much? Because like, yeah, I think with the writing, if I write it down and I read it over and it looks stupid and I'll like, I'll be like, oh, maybe I am like overreacting. 
Yeah. So I think it's good to just actually see it and you're like, if I saw this, if I read it out loud, if I say it out loud, like, is it reasonable? Mm-hmm. And then you can, like, dive in more than what am I actually upset about? Yeah, I agree. It's not to say that, like, you should, like, invalidate your emotions or, like, whatever. I think it's a lot about, like, knowing who you are as a person. And, like, if I, like, write something out and I'm journaling and I'm like, okay, no, like, it does make sense that I'm upset about this. Like, I feel like I do have a right to be upset about it. Then, like, it kind of reaffirms, like, emotions. And then there are, like, other times where I'm writing it out and I'm like, sheesh, maybe I'm the wrong. (laughs) And, like, I'm like, okay, let me take a step back. So, like, I think it's good to, like, write it out and find out, like, what your emotions are really, like, coming from and whether or not, like, it's something that you should pursue and, like, something that you should, like, delve into a little bit more or something that you need to, like, take a little break from, like, just breathe. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna jump in and, um, I know, like, you guys were talking a lot about, like, just journaling and just being able to, like, write down your emotions, but I think, like, for me personally, um, I haven't really, like, kind of for me like when I kind of cope or in the past like when I've coped with breakups and stuff like that I haven't necessarily like really journaled and like written to myself um but that's definitely like honestly I feel like I should because um in a sense I do recognize that like it is a really good way to like grow and like self-reflect and just like kind of like validate yourself and just like recognize these emotions and then see like what's happening um but I think like I have written it wasn't necessarily journaling but like um I'm like, no, it wasn't even a hate letter. A like, letter to them? Yeah, but you it was. It. it was. But you don't send it, guys. I yeah, did it was, all all the, yeah, it was literally a letter to them. I was like, oh, like, it was like all my emotions, yeah. like what I wanted to say to them. Mm. But like, I never actually like did anything. Like, I literally, I remember like one day, it wasn't even like, like a significant other or anything like that. It was just like someone I was like so infatuated with, like, Carol, like, the idea of just thinking about, like, the, what you could be, like, oh, everything like that. Infatuation. Yes. It's so dangerous. Infatuation yes. is a word I want to talk yes. on. Yes. Go, go, Zoe. No, it's, it's, it's what you were mentioning earlier. Like, what both of you were mentioning earlier is, like, a lot of the time, like, you can think, like, you're in love with a person mm-hmm. or, like, you really, really like them, mm-hmm. okay? Like, th- that's a blurred line already that we'll touch on later. But, like, you become so infatuated with, like, the idea of a mm-hmm. person, especially if you're mostly, like, talking virtually oh, yeah. or, like, oh, talking over text. And, like, your imagination just runs wild, yeah. right? Because you're, like, filling in, like, all of, like, the all little yeah. gaps like, mm-hmm. in conversation. Yeah. And especially if it's someone who you're, you're like, hmm, like a future isn't really that realistic with, at least for me, mm. like that amplifies mm-hmm. like the, the infatuation. It's just like the fantasy. Like, I know, like it doesn't work out, but in my mind, like it's you and me. We're star-crossed. We're star-crossed lovers. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's dangerous. I think it's, okay. I don't have any personal experience with just online texting because I'm more of a call person. Just because I like to vibe it out. <laughs> hear their voice. I like to hear their voice, but I think it's also, like, it's better to, for chemistry, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when you talk with them virtually, you can, like, see their response. So, I think with me, like, when I see a text response, I don't know if it's, like, a, like, a, like if I, it's like, like, the tone of voice. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. the tone. Like, if I know someone and I see their text, I can match their tone mm-hmm. to the text. It's also yeah. easier to be, like, disconnected over yeah. text. Yeah. It's, like, sure. way easier to be, like, oh, whatever, like, they're just, like, they're... They were just there in the background. Like, I remember in high school, 
I there used to be like some guys that I would just like message and then I would see them in person and I'd be like, ew. <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to I'm disappointed. Talk, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like it's, like, you build up someone, like, or the idea of someone on text, and then, like, you see them in person, it's, like, shattered. Yeah. And then you realize it's, like, not an actual person that you, like, want or, like, that you like. Right. It's, like, the idea. Mm-hmm. No, but let's talk about that. Like, texting relationships, and then in person, it's, like, nothing. Like, I feel like we all know, maybe me, like, I know a lot of people where, like, they just text so much, and it's, like, I think the most like the times when like I got stuck in relationships like relationships mm-hmm. like that the most she did air quotes by the way yeah or like not even not even like a situation ship it was just like that talking stage like yeah. um like a lot of times and that's when I was like looking for validation oh, like that's what I found yeah. was like uh, occurring the most is like I was like oh my god like I'm feeling kind of down about myself or something like that mm-hmm. and then there'd just be like a guy and he would like message me and be like I it's guess I guess yeah because you're like oh okay this guy's interested in me like maybe I'll like see it through like talk it out and like see what happens when like I literally had no interest in any of them mm-hmm. but I feel like it was like that validation that it gave me of like having someone like be like how's your day like blah blah, blah checking on you and things like that I think that's unfortunately something a lot of people, and I have to say, like, particularly women, do. Mm -hmm. Um, And if anything, I feel like everything moving more online and COVID has just, like, escalated that so hard. Like, I know, like, I've done this in the past. Like, I have friends who do this. They'll be like, oh, like, I'm looking for attention. Let me just go on a dating app. Like, swipe on a bunch of people. And then then talk to them for, like, a week and never talk to them again. Mm -hmm. And, like, like what we do like literally with the online world like with tiktok with social media is we get like that instant serotonin boost yeah. but when you can get it from like a person online i think that's something that's quite dangerous mm-hmm. wait the part that you said like doing it for attention okay maybe this is a little too deep like hot take whatever but like the thing is like so many this is not something that i realized until like i entered the relationship that i'm in now and i was kind of reflecting on like my behaviors in the past and i was like okay like why did i do that like why did i go like and talk to these guys or like go out with them when I I knew I didn't like them and it was like this concept of like male validation and how like I always felt like to be desirable or I guess to be like worthy enough like a guy had to like me in that way and like that's why I think there's this huge hookup culture too like western Mm -hmm. it's like oh like you know a lot of people think it's like guys like beg so many girls but like girls also derive like a lot of validation from like how many guys they can get to like message them or something yeah. like that how many comments they get on their instagram like mm-hmm. it's 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 things like that like mm-hmm. that add up to like how you feel good about yourself mm-hmm. also okay maybe this is like a personal experience um but i know for me i kind of like got into like the first like romantic-esque relationship of my life that wasn't even an official relationship mm-hmm. um and then like i kind of like became like hooked on romance and I guess the validation that comes along with it and and then I was like okay like I constantly need to be talking to someone I constantly need to have something going on Mm because I feel like it's like filling some sort of like void yeah and like once you become reliant on like romance or on validation that's just such a bad trap Mm -hmm. no I would say I was very much like that especially like when you first get to a relationship like your very very first one or yeah the yeah, first the time first you like, one really like someone in your really life like someone, and they really like you back and then now you're like we're dating it's so exciting 
then I thought like my first relationship I got really like the idea of it just like having another person like always on your mind like always being like thinking about them and talking about them and just having this like you know like you're like addicted to it and you become like well I know I became like a little dependent a little embarrassed to say that but like that was literally me like a few years ago me in high school like I was just like you like just like very like the idea of romance the idea of like having this void in myself that I need to be filled which is why like when you have that traumatic breakup it just hits you so hard like it hit me so hard I was I was just shattered I was like okay like I don't know what to do anymore because we can like (laughs) guys Caitlin's facial expressions are so good right now by the way this should be a video (laughs) um Mm, yeah, because when you attach yourself for like Carol said, like that validation that like I'm worthy of love, that I'm like someone can see me fully for like everything that I am and just know me, like that's like a really good feeling. And when it's just taken away from you, it, it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we've definitely like covered a lot of ground so far, but I feel like something else to talk about is kind of like the platonic versus romantic realm. Like, can you like start to date someone who like you used to be friends with, or even like more importantly, can you truly become platonic and like so-called just friends after like once being romantic with someone? Like, ladies, what are what are our thoughts? No. Immediately no. Immediate no. <laughs> okay, Hard, okay. No. Yeah, I think I would agree. Um I think personally for me, I'm a firm believer in like exes cannot be friends again because I think like once you have that history and like you've kind of been vulnerable with those people, like you can never have that same, I guess, like relationship that you had before you started dating and before you had that like romantic interest. Um, But I think in terms of like friends becoming romantic, like it... Kind of like the platonic Moving into, from platonic yeah, yeah. to romantic. Yeah, I personally have never really experienced that. I think, like, in my previous, like, relationships and stuff like that, like, it's always just been, like, I've met this person, and then I've been interested since the beginning, if that makes sense. Because I think, like, um, another thing that I kind of believe on is that, like, um, I would not personally want to kind of, like, sacrifice that friendship yeah. for a relationship because, like, that idea of not being friends after like not being friends with your exes I think like if you like have a romantic relationship with someone you were like very close with it's kind of like you're kind of like risking that all yeah. if that makes sense well that's like a lot to be honest. <laughs> here's two things at once let's process it I'm not gonna process that no no like exes cannot be friends hard no yeah, I, I Why agree. is that? Why? Because no, like Tamara said, like once you cross that boundary of friends and like we're more like I've I've an emotional friends stake. And lovers. <laughs> no, like we're lovers. Like we have an emotional stake in each other's lives. Like, you can't go back. It's always hard to just regress your friendship than to like develop it. Yeah. Or I think maybe after like a long period of no mm. contact. Yeah. Yeah. No contact. Let's That's talk about the it. the most no important contact. thing. Contact. No, because, like, as soon as I've decided a relationship is over, it's, like, block yeah. immediately. No. Everything. Exactly. Facebook. Exactly. Instagram. Snapchat. Spotify. 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 That was the last thing, but, like, even Spotify. Once the Spotify yeah, is done, like, you know what's going on. Not quite related, but my greatest fear is, like, someone will find, like, my privated, like, sad boy hour playlists or... 
my Pinterest boards. Oh, oh my god! I, I want to see your like Pinterest that. boards now. <laughs> Why are you hiding on your Pinterest? I'm going back. I'm going back. But like coping mechanism, making like heartbreak Pinterest boards. Y'all should try it. Um, Zoe, are, are, are you gonna give some uh, inspiration? Let us see your like Pinterest a Tumblr board. page. Guys, there's, like, a, there's a lot of sad quotes on Pinterest. That's all I can say. Are you a Tumblr girl? Or are you like no? I'm a Pinterest girl. There's a difference. <laughs> Sorry, let's go back. Let's Ooh, go back to the whole no contact. Thing. Thing. Oh yeah, no. move away from Pinterest. No, no, no contact is like no contact. Like you can't even like ask people about them. Like that counts as Ooh. that counts as no contact. Agreed. Like, agreed. Wait, are we all for no contact? Yes, personally, Zoe. I think I'm for it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like that's everything. Like I know it's be. like <laughs> like petty, but like everything is just gone. Like every connection I possibly have to you, like LinkedIn, like gone. Mm. I don't okay. think it's petty. I don't think I don't it's think petty it's, at like, all. Some people think it's petty, but I'm like, it's not petty. I just don't want to like perceive you, perceive mm-hmm. you in any way, because I know I can't handle it. So this is just about me. Like it's not about you. Like who cares? Like this is about me. <laughs> I cannot perceive you. Mm-hmm. So, like it's just gone. Everything is just gone. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes it's very painful to like cut a person completely out of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, like even even if yeah. again like you weren't official, like there wasn't yeah. a label on it. And I I feel like a lot of the times like if you're not so called official then it's even harder to make that boundary. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, like, what were the boundaries anyway? Like, they were always kind of, like, blurred lines, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you have, like, that room for, like, mm, well, I mean, like, technically we weren't. So it mm-hmm. gaslit yourself. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, I'm going to block them. Yeah. That's why I like when things are, like, definitive. Like, when you, sometimes when people break up, it's not, like, Official. They what do you guys think they of leave it open-ended. taking a break? I hate that. Absolutely no. not. No. <laughs> no. No. Oh, Carol. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it depends, like, on the situation. No, everything depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, that's why we're here. We're, ta- we're unpacking yeah. everything. Because, mm-hmm. like, I will say, like, there are times I think that, like, distance is good in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily, like, the words, like, taking a break. Mm-hmm. But, like... For example, like, I, I'm, i like, in a long-term relationship, and mm-hmm. I do think, like, sometimes you need a bit of distance from each other, not necessarily, like, taking a break, mm-hmm. but, like, space where you're not together, like, 24-7, mm-hmm. so 100%. you have, like, like days where you can just, like, go about your own, like, life and, like, make sure that you still have, like, that grounding and, like, your friends or, like, school or, like, community mm-hmm. around you, mm-hmm. like, a life separate from your significant other. So, like, I don't know. I don't agree with, like, the whole, like, Taking a break specifically, I feel like that would never work out. Like, when you go do your own thing for two weeks and try to get back together as if, like, yeah. nothing yeah. happened before. Mm-hmm. But, like, I do think that there's a lot of value in, like, having the space that you might, mm-hmm. like, see mm-hmm. from, like, taking a break. No, I'm 100% with you. I think taking a break, like, becomes problematic when, like, one party wants to break up. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, yep. just a way to, like, extend yeah. or avoid. Yeah. A breakup. Yeah. Or when couples like continually like go on breaks and then get back together and then on a break and then back mm-hmm. together. And I think we facts. all can think of like a couple like that in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The on and off couple that you know that's like all like so toxic. It's, so yeah. toxic, first of all. And then like each of their breaks are like plagued by like people, you know, yeah. hooking up <laughs> with like others and then I'm like, oh yikes. Yeah, I think, like, just the idea of taking a break, it's, like, if you're willing to take a break, like, first of all, the idea of taking a break, like, you have to, like, define, oh, like, are we going to, like, be able to, like, talk to other people, like, stuff like that, because, like, um, I think, like, 
just the whole idea of it, if you're gonna, if you're fine with taking a break, for example, like two weeks, right, where you just have no contact with them, then at that point, in my opinion, like, just break up. Because mm-hmm. yeah. if you're okay with, like, two weeks, no contact, doing whatever the whatever you want. Whatever the flippity slap. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're at that point where you have that mindset where you're like, oh, I want to seek other people, but, like, still want to take a break, I feel like that's, like, yeah. just super toxic. Yeah. And, like, that's just, for me, I feel like just breaks are no. <laughs> breaks are mm. no. Yeah. Yeah. But, Carol, what you talked about, um, like, having, like, healthy distance, mm-hmm. I feel like is something that's so important. Mm-hmm. Especially, um, we're kind of, like, going back to, like, an earlier topic again. Like, when you're, like, very infatuated or mm-hmm. you think you're in love with someone, like, they, it's not even that they're on your mind a lot. It's that they never leave your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, all your decisions subconsciously or consciously are affected by, like, yes. that person. Yeah. And that's not a healthy mm-hmm. frame yeah. of mind to put yourself in. Especially at this age. I feel like right. in high school and university, like, between the ages, like, 14 to like 24 you literally grow exponentially (laughs) like yeah exactly and I feel like okay maybe like when you're like 35 and like you're married like it makes sense that you do a lot of things together like Mm -hmm. as a couple but like at this age there's so much going on around us like extracurriculars like you know school friends like this environment I feel like is a lot to like learn about what you value as a person Mm -hmm. and like who you are and like you can't always do that with someone like right by your side because naturally like, you guys grow in different ways because you're two different people. And I think what matters at the end of the day in a relationship is that you come back to each other, but, like, it's, like, coming back, not that you're going together in the same place mm-hmm. at, like, the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, that's one thing that I've kind of, like, realized growing up. Like, I know I'm still, like, very young, still in first year. <laughs> no, we're all, we're all still babies. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> but, like, I think, especially in high school, like, I would, um... I would be, like, so infatuated by, like, this one person. And I'd have this idea of, like, in a relationship, you have to do everything together. Like, you Mm. have to, like, talk every day, like, 24-7. And just, like, I think that's why, um, for me personally, like, I had kind of, like, I I guess, like, a not really, like, traumatic experience. But, like, I was very, like, kind of attached to this one person. And then when we broke up, it was, like, very difficult because... Like, you have, kind of like what Caitlin was saying, like, you have this experience where you're just, like, 24-7 talking to this person, and I think that's why when a lot of people who, like, have those types of relationships, when they break up, like, it's so, like, prominent. Yeah, like, they had such, like, a big presence in your life, Mm -hmm. and then once you break up, like, they're completely gone, and I think that's why, like, leading up, like, after the breakup, a lot of people kind of just, like, look for that validation, and a lot of other people are, like, kind of, like, the hookup culture, Mm -hmm. and I think, like, that's kind of, like, one of those, like, unhealthy coping mechanisms that are, like, kind of normalized to this day. But that's why you have to invest in friendships so much. Like, that's what I've been, like, trying to really prioritize this year is, like, make sure that I'm also, like, showing up for, like, my friends, Mm -hmm. because those are, like, the types of people that will be with you no matter what happens like the majority of the times and like you know you can't always say that for like relationships and flings too Mm -hmm. especially like I feel like so many people now like put aside friends or other priorities Mm -hmm. in favor of yeah or for like that person Mm -hmm. that they're talking to yeah Mm -hmm. we all know some people but like I've been like I've been that person too Mm -hmm. where I would just like put my significant other just like, like before yeah. anyone, yeah, even anyone. before yourself sometimes. Yeah. I feel like a really good takeaway is, number one, like, definitely at this stage of life, 
but also like in general like you're the main constant in your life yeah mm-hmm. and then again like your friends are gonna be there mm-hmm. right i mean like uh, i guess so-called like friendship fallouts breakups do happen mm-hmm. but like y- your friends are there forever whereas mm-hmm. like your significant other like you don't know about that right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like i think um kind of what carol was saying like it's so important just to like be able to like balance a romantic relationship and a friendship like your friendships Mm -hmm. and like everything else at the same time because like yeah kind of like you guys have said like I've had those friends who literally would like prioritize their significant other completely like just like block everything else it's like a personal choice and we're not Mm -hmm. trying to say that like anything is wrong Mm -hmm. or that we're in the right Mm -hmm. um we're just kind of like sharing our opinions yeah yeah but I think like just personally for me, I feel like that's why, like, sometimes it's so, like, because I've been there where, like, I've prioritized the significant other and blocked out everything else. And, like, I feel like that is, like, relatively, like, unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it's just really important, like, to be able to, like, balance your life outside of just your romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, right. So I guess, like, we've been talking about kind of, like, friendships, relationships, everything in between. Let's talk a little bit more on, like, friendships and also how you can kind of, like, experience fallouts or breakups with, like, your friends as well. Friendship breakups hit different. Yeah. They're painful. They're painful. They hurt more, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's even worse when you're in, like, a friend group. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a fight with one person and then people yeah. start taking sides. Uh-huh. It's like... Yeah. A war. Or, like, when you <laughs> date within the friend group. Mm. <laughs> Controversial. Controversial, but very universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, speaking on friendship breakups, I definitely do feel like it's a lot worse because, like, you don't really have that time where you're like, oh, we should break up yeah. with a romantic relationship. You kind of just, like, fall out. Yeah. And I think it hurts. I think fallouts can hurt mm-hmm. more than breakups. Yeah. It's like when you just realize you're like, oh my, like, especially for me, I guess, like, I've, like, moved away, like, mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. from, like, my hometown, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you, like, try to reconnect and you realize that, like, the connection points you had in common just, like, aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that you don't appreciate them as a person. It's just that you've literally, like, grown in different directions. Yeah. And you're like, damn, like, that sucks. Like, yeah. that hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or when you realize it was, like, a friendship of convenience. Like, yeah. you were only friends because you saw each other, like, every single day in high school. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you guys move away and all of a sudden, like, you don't talk at all. I think a lot of high school friendships are, unf- I, well, in my personal experience, I felt like we're built like that. Like, I was, mm-hmm. like, looking back and I was yeah. like, okay. I was like, were we friends because, like, we had that much in common because we could resonate on so much? Or was it because, like, we were in the same math class? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, I ate lunch with them because I didn't want to eat lunch alone. <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay. Let's be honest. Like, how many people did you stay in touch with that are, like, high school friends that didn't come to, like, the same university as you? That didn't come to the same university? Yeah, after graduation. I can count on my fingers. Okay, yeah, like I can count on one hand. I would say one. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's crazy. What about you? Well, no one from my high school came to this university. Okay. Um, like, I'd say stay in touch very loosely. Mm-hmm. Like, like talk every week. Oh. Like, I, I, like honestly, none. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, every week, then none. No, but <laughs> just, just in general, then. Like, like not general? even every week, but, like, you, you still text them, like, once... Every few... Like, I think, like, maybe five. Yeah, maybe, honestly, maybe, maybe, maybe five. Maybe five. Yeah. I would say maybe five. Yeah, I would say, like, honestly, not that many. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's, like, a bad thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no, not at all. Yeah, I think, like, also what I've realized is that 
you don't have to talk to a friend every single day yeah. for you guys to be good friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I have several friends who literally, we catch up, like, once a month, and it, it's like, like, we were talking yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, another thing that, like, I've been very grateful for, for those people who have been there. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't say that there are many that I still talk to from my high school. Yeah, I think I would say, like, three maybe mm-hmm. close friends, like, and they were, like, part of my friend group that I think mm-hmm. we were really, like, tight mm-hmm. during high school, and then, like, they all went to, like, different universities, but they all stayed in Ontario, which I think makes it easier <laughs> because we come back to, like, Ottawa during reading week or, like, Christmas break, and that's when we get to, like, get together again, and it feels yeah. like, yeah, grade 12. Mm-hmm. Grade 12. Yeah. Oh, grade 12. What a time. <laughs> what a time <laughs> what that was. Time. What a time. No. But definitely, what about those friendships where... I know the jump from, like, high school to university mm-hmm. is, like, a period of, like, growth and change. Sometimes you just don't grow in the same direction as your friends. Mm-hmm. And I know, I have, like, a couple of, like, really, really close friends. And it wasn't even just, like, a convenience friendship. It was, like, a friendship friendship. But, like, as we move to university or as we move to, like, a different phase in our lives, like, we just start, like, growing apart. And no. we like, we can't even address it the same no, way. No, that's happened over here. Yeah. And that's happened for me, too. It was, like, the same way, like, with a relationship, like, as Tamara said, you could be like, oh, we should, we should break up. Like, we're no, we're no longer aligning. You don't really have that with a friend. Mm-hmm. Like, if I just walked up to Zoe and be like, Zoe, I don't think we're our aligning. <laughs> no, please align with me. <laughs> please let our energies align. And it's like a friendship. Um, mm-hmm. There's one point I do want to talk on. It's something that, like, you said, Tamara, which is, like, when you do, like, meet those friends that, like, you can go a month. Or, like, I I know I've gone, like, close to a year without talking with, like, one particular friend. Mm -hmm. But then, like, every time we reconnect, it's, like, no time has passed. And it's, like, we've both changed so much. But somehow, like, changed in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And, like, really, like, grown in the same direction. Like, when you meet those people, hold on to them. Like, they're there forever. They're your rocks. They're your rocks in life. Yeah. And I think, like, um... Just, like, from my experience this past year of just, like, being in university, I think, like, one thing that I've really, like, appreciated is, like, when I'm able to kind of just not really spill tea, but, like, spill tea, (laughs) and, like, they're just reciprocating everything. They're so invested, and I think that's why I really cherish those individuals, Mm because they actually care about me despite being, like, distanced from each other. Yeah. 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 What about, like, friendships that turn toxic? Okay, Caitlin, pop No, off. so, um, I can, <laughs> mm, confidential information. <laughs> I don't know. It's different than, you know, relationships that turn toxic, where you have your friends being like, yo, not okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like with a friendship, the, the boundaries are like, a little blurred, and they're a little unclear. Mm-hmm. And, like, how do you cut them off, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I had that issue for a while, where I was like, no, but. I literally was like, I was dating this person. I was like, oh no, but before it was so good. And, and then I would talk to my other friends about it. And be like, I just, something felt off like mm-hmm. in the friendship. I was like, I wouldn't feel like, I would talk to them out of like obligation, not because like I felt comfortable. And I was like, why do I have this feeling? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think like I personally have had that before. And I think that's kind of um, leading up to, I guess, like, a friendship breakup, it really sucks when you recognize that someone's turning, I wouldn't say they're turning toxic, but, like, they're turning into someone that you don't really want to be friends with anymore, and I think that's one thing that, like, I've experienced in the past, and it really sucks, because you're like, 
oh, at one point I really cared about this person, but now they're just like someone who's just completely changed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think especially when it comes to friendships and kind of like that toxic idea, it can be really hard to kind of like recognize those kind of toxic traits Mm -hmm. when you're friends with them versus like when you're in a relationship. I think it's always hard to kind of like see the full light of like, the relationship, and by relationship, I mean, like, dynamic between mm-hmm. two people. Like, when you're so deeply embedded in mm-hmm. that dynamic. And that definitely goes for, like, romantic situations as well. Mm-hmm. Right, but I feel like if we've gathered anything, like, throughout the course of this episode, it's that, like, now we have, like, moved out of those relationships, situations, whatever you want to call it. And, like, I feel like we've all, like, really evaluated kind of, like, what we did right, like, what we maybe did wrong, even though there's no such thing as wrong, because at the end of the day, like, everything's just, like, a learning experience, and some learning experiences are a little more painful than others, but we're all coming out okay in the end, and hopefully, if you're going through something, if you go through something in the future, maybe this episode helped you a little bit, maybe you just enjoyed listening to us Loki spill tea on our past, <laughs> um, or hopefully you were able to find like at least something that resonated with you to some extent. And with that being said, this is the end of the first episode of CSA Talks 2022. This was Heartbreak Anniversary. Mm-hmm.